Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, you know, I reckon that one thing that I'm pretty sure is impossible is your ability to exhaust your creativity. Your your ability to to consume all of your creativity, your ability to burn up all of your passion and be done. I reckon that's just fool's play. It, it's a curious thing how um, all of us have this uh, eternal stream of consciousness, really. Um, our our soul animates our body. It it fuels our our noggin with consciousness, and we grow an ego on top of that, and and then and then we we grow as uh, an identity, <laughs> and we're really playing with uh, a very powerful substance and that's that creativity that that infinite well of new possibilities that we all have hey welcome to the show i think we're going to have a great show tonight um the topic tonight is becoming a turnaround artist and our guest tonight is a a very good friend of mine ahad uh, gadini um, we're going to bring him on in just a minute, but I want to I want to play around with this notion of uh, what should we say the programmability of our consciousness, the programmability of our identity, of our potential. I just I love the idea of a newborn baby. You know, day one none of us had an ego per se, uh, an ego that could be offended by sentencing, an ego that could be afraid of trying new things. Uh, I mean, we all come out of the gate, so to speak, um, like a blank canvas, really. So so think of your family dynamic, Um uh, and and pick attributes blue collar white collar uh uh careful or carefree um just just the dynamics of your family in in whatever attributes you want to use and then imagine your very same persona your body you your consciousness being born in the polar opposite the total opposite scenario and and then evolve through that lifetime, that family dynamic, that um, uh, whatever your ego would look like had you been grown in that garden, so to speak. And and I think what's really nice about this kind of imagination is it shows us an opportunity to recognize that who we are right now is just a subset of a subset of a subset of really infinite possibilities and to 
to believe for ourselves that we can turn things around, so to speak, in honor of tonight's show, to reprogram our dynamic, to to change our experience. I mean, if you're listening to this show within kind of regularity, I mean, we immerse in the idea of this human persona, this human experience we're all having, and then how to get a a new fulcrum point, a new um, lever of uh, change to bring about what would better serve us. That's kind of the whole premise of the show. Um, I think we're going to have a great conversation tonight. I wanted to just give a shout out to Ukraine. The uh, Ukrainian audience has really boomed in our percentages. I always look at um, the show dynamics and who's listening where around the world and Ukraine has really stepped up to the plate, and and I just want to welcome all the Ukraine listeners. Um, You know, we're coming into our 12th year on this show, and I don't, man, I tell you what, being a show host over all these hundreds and hundreds of episodes talking about quantum and consciousness and brain elasticity and... um, I mean, we've just we've talked about so much stuff. It's just it's a it's a a source of great joy to me, and I just want to acknowledge you, the listeners, that uh, we've we've created this dynamic over all these years. And uh, uh, sh- shoot me an email if you wanna if if there's a topic or a, a person that you want to uh, bring on the show, uh, newhumanliving.com has a, a contact uh, email and and uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Um, but anyway, let's get to it. I, uh, Hod's got uh, a real zest for exploring the dynamics of, of our human consciousness, and I think we're going to have a great conversation. So once again, the topic tonight is becoming a turnaround artist. When his father falls ill, a high-flying entrepreneur be- comes home to try to save his family's restaurant. But if the business is to survive, he must overcome a failing business, inspired disgruntled employees, and manage his father's bitter opposition to everything he does. Endorsed by over 100 global CEOs, Turnaround Artist is a page-turning true story that guides you on a step-by-step process on creating great culture at work and improving the relationships in your life. Practical, actionable, and easy to read, this book is relevant to team members of every level of organization. Our guest tonight, Ahad, has built his career around leading turnarounds of bankrupt and family-owned businesses. As Managing Director of Core Work Capital, 
Ahad and his team helped companies transition to employee ownership. Ahad is also the founder of Forums at Work, a digital platform that empowers company team members to lead cultural change currently present in 16 countries. He is the author of Turnaround Artists, a true story about empowering team members to lead turnarounds in their personal and business lives. I think we should get to it and bring a hot on the show, and it'll it'll soon be evident um, the passion he has for what he does. Welcome to the show, Ahad. We finally got you on. Thanks, Les. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be on here, and um, uh, yeah, really excited to connect with uh, you and um, your listeners. Well, uh, we, we've talked uh, a fair amount these past few days, and uh, I think we're both kind of fascinated by the the human persona, the human genome, the 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 human potential, if you will. And here you are working with it really directly in in the business environment. What got you? What got you so curious about um, the human uh, potential? I could probably trace it back to, I mean, I just remember being a teenager and uh, back when we used to go to libraries uh, in Toronto. And uh, uh, I remember going to libraries and looking up, I think I was like 14 and looking up applied psychology and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you're, you were mentioning in your intro about sort of nature and nurture. And uh, I think I'm, I'm so fascinated by the distinction between things that we learned and, you know, we we're sort of how we're socialized and then also the things that we're just, we, we bring with us, you know, that's sort of hardwired in our DNA. And uh, I, I think for me, probably both of I probably have both for my interest in psychology and human dynamics and social dynamics. I think it's just um, a function of probably something I brought with me uh, very naturally. And then uh, I think kind of growing up the way I did, you know, my, my, my parents, my father was a refugee from Iran, you know, came to Toronto, came, we, we moved over. I was born in Iran. So we came over and started from scratch and, Parents worked super, super hard, and um, we started uh, at the we started at the bottom, you know, at the probably worst neighborhood in in Canada, uh, Flemington Park. And every couple of years, you know, as we do better, family would do better, we would move. And so I had a lot of first days at school, and was part of a lot of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And I think that's probably the the nurture part where I had to learn a lot of how to engage and interact and adapt and um so i think somewhere in that mix is probably where it was born you know well you know i the the idea of uh, turning around uh bankrupt uh in family-owned businesses you're looking at um really the human dynamic personified in these uh, business structures and they're, they're, the wheels are falling off, so to speak. 
and and then you come in and uh, um, I really like the material of your uh, forums at work platform. What do you how I mean how do we get stuck? I mean if if I'm the listener to the show now and I see my life dynamic and perhaps I'm frustrated with aspects of it, how do we paint ourselves in the corner? Largely it's it's um it's fear. You know, you and I both talked about you know, we're both skiers, Les, you and I and uh you know, my favorite my favorite terrain to ski is trees. I love skiing in the in the trees, and and it's an interesting thing. People say I do it with a, a, a GoPro, and people often say, "Wow, it looks really dangerous with all these trees." And I say, you know, I'm a lot more focused on the space between the trees. And I just don't look. If I, if I look at those trees, I'm going to hit them, you know. But there's a lot of space between them. <laughs> as long as I can just stay between them. I'm all right, and uh, and I think that's what happens with us personally, you know, very personally, and then also uh, in 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 team or business dynamics as we become, um, you know, fear in, in one respect or another um, permeates. I mean, I know I'm generalizing it, and and and, but that that I'd say is the crux of it is kind of what we focus on. Um, and that becomes, and what we focus on becomes a habit, you know. And so, you're focusing on the tree, or you're kind of focusing on the space between it. And the space between it is where you want to be, you know. It's like, what do we really want? But we we get so afraid and paralyzed that we just fixate on that tree, and by God, we hit it. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, the um. It, it it seems that uh, the business environment um, traditionally is like upper management and then um, perhaps middle match, management and then the boots on the ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And yet, the if we take any one person out of any one position and look at it as a human persona, um, a, a static model, I mean, it, it doesn't mean we can't have a, a fulfilling life to do a particular thing for a long period of time, but, but I mean, each piece of the puzzle, in other words, each human being is, uh, is uh, really an infinite well of potential and as we have talked over the past few days, once once you take that potential and you bring it into fruition, especially if your ego doesn't think it's going to work, if you kind of push through the struggle of, of capturing your inspiration and then seeing it through to fruition, there's a there's such a deep sense of satisfaction in that. And yet a lot of times the business model doesn't really encourage that. Uh, uh, There are many cases where that's true, where it doesn't. And look, I'll I'll tell you what I've learned. Um, So, you know, my experience has been unique in that um, I've often felt like a 
tremendous imposter. You talk about the imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud. Because I go into businesses that I know absolutely nothing about. Like I'm talking about manufacturing of industrial water filters out of fiberglass. I mean, I don't, I could barely get through high school science classes, you know, and chemistry. So and <laughs> here's a business that's been around 70 years and it's got 150 odd employees and, um, and so, you know, now they're haven't made money in four years and they're kind of on their last legs. And, you know, I come in and the first thing I'll say is to water filters or fiberglass or resins or anything like that. And that doesn't, and that doesn't engender a lot of faith. You know, the people who are looking at you as here's, here's this new CEO, here's a guy, he's, here's our hero, and he has no idea about anything about our business. And the, the beauty of it is, is that's actually my greatest strength because I don't go in there meddling with the product or the engineering. There is engineers, there's production people, all that is already there. They don't need another. What they need is understand how to create a psychologically safe environment so that people can share ideas, share concerns, share problems um, in a way that it's receptive, in a way that people can collaborate, in a way that people can improve uh, processes. And, I mean, these are I, – I, fundamental simple human things but this is often what's lacking and i um i'll tell you i i've taken that approach to high-end guitars or restaurant chains or you know um telemetry i mean i could barely spell the word telemetry and you know <laughs> engineering but you know, like, <laughs> it's what all these places have is a lot of expertise. What they often lack, psychologically safe environment, this glue, this um, this culture where people feel like they belong, they're respected, and they could really give their best. And when you do that, right, you know, when when and that's really what I prided myself on doing is is being able to be the to be able to create that environment and teach people and show people how they can create that. And I mean, that for me is the turnaround is when you, to be a turnaround artist is to uh, your ability to go into a, a situation um, uh, that is uh, having some sort of trouble, some sort of challenge, some sort of friction and being able to quite literally turn it around and, uh, and you you do that by turning around with between people's ears with their beliefs and their fears and their perspectives and you do that and you across you know a group or or an organization of people oh you get out of their way because they're going to thrive right i like that get out of their way you know the as you were talking about that um it reminded me of of an experience I had. I was the chief engineer at a TV station, and I had all these employees. And yet, in my personal life, I'm trying to figure out what the hell's karma. And 
um, there was an aspect to karma that says if you posture with anything, you're you're creating a karmic stigma. And here I am, chief engineer at a TV station, and well, by golly, I have to be right. I mean, what frequency are we broadcasting the signal at? 55.25 megahertz. Well, it's got to be 55.25 megahertz. I have to be right. And as, I mean, the industry was just so full of technology, uh, we had to time signals to within one billionth of a second. If we were early or late a billionth of a second, we were wrong. So being right was had a lot of uh, importance to it. And I said to myself, there has to be a karmic stigma to that. And so as the department head, I decided it was powerful to allow myself to be wrong. And I remember we would have these, uh, sorry about the tangent, but I I think it relates well. Um, We would have these engineering meetings and I'm like, okay, we're uh, we're doing the parade. We need, or we're putting in uh, HD at the transmitter site. We need to figure out how to get the signal where it needs to go. And out of the group of people, I had these mavericks, these cowboys that would shoot out ideas left and right. And then I had uh, an element of the staff that never contributed. They just kept their mouth shut. And when I first stood up and I said, uh, first off, I want to say I made a huge mistake. We were, were, we were trying to get um, audio on the subcarriers to the microwave. And what I proposed isn't going to work. I made a mistake. I was wrong. I'm sorry. So we need to noodle some new ideas for that. And you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> They're like, what? Wait a minute. What? What did he just say? And, and uh, long story short, um, as I gave myself permission to be wrong, I gave them permission to be wrong. And at first I thought maybe I let the cat out of the bag. But what happened was morale over time, it took a couple of months, but morale went through the roof. And, and when I'd have meetings, the people that never would have contributed would say something like, well, I'm, I'm not sure if it would work or not, but we could try this. And then, and then they started saying something that really surprised me. Well, last night I was at home thinking about this problem. And I came up with this. I'm like, you're thinking about work at home? That never happened before. And and the morale went up. People loved their job more. They were excited to come into work. They were excited to think of new ideas. The karma of being right was like a stranglehold, in a sense, to the, the, the morale of the department. So... I just wanted to toss that out there in in how uh, how elusive the dynamics of a work culture can be as far as um, what you do going in and and turning it all around. What kinds of things have you seen um, in particular companies that perhaps caught you off guard as far as what the quote fix unquote was? The, the the say say that last part the 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 fix like 
Yeah, so you go into a company that's not working, and uh, yeah. what surprised you? I mean, have you ever been kind of caught off guard where, where the folly was? Um, I've been caught off guard to the point where it's it, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't ever cease to amaze me how fundamental and simple the issues are. I mean, your example, Les, is, is, is nothing short of brilliant. Really, it's this this um, uh, leadership quality of owning your mistake and doing it publicly, especially as the head honcho, the leader, and saying, "I made a mistake," or "I I did this wrong." I mean, that um, to take a broadcasting uh, uh, analogy, um, that sent waves to the organization. And so what you did there, Les, was you you turned around that culture. You created a safe place where people can be unsure and try new things and come up with ideas. Um, but you took the first step and you were the first ripple. And, um, and that actually reminds me of, you know, one particular factory I took over and they, uh, you know, producing just you know, large, large pieces of equipment, and um, and they were late. They were, I think they were 160 days late on average. And um, and the equipment they were producing, you have to sort of stop highways sometimes to move it around. And it, you know, but <laughs> you're it, talking it was, big, <laughs> big, oh huge. And, and, and the amazing thing was was my predecessor, the president who was there before me. If something was like if if there was a delay or a part missing, he you could hear him across the eighty thousand square foot factory floor. Like he would yell, and everybody would hear it and feel it. And so what happened was, who who wants to who wants to be the messenger? <laughs> no one's gonna raise All right. hand, and and no one's gonna say that there's a problem. Nope. And I remember when I took over, how afraid people were and nervous about just being real and authentic about what's actually going on. And, um, and it was amazing to see just changing that one little thing where we, where we were able to actually talk about what's not working well and uh, without there being any blame. I mean, these sort of simple things, but what, what it takes is exactly what you demonstrated last is it takes the most senior person to lead by example and to, to show that it's safe and to show that it's okay and that this is going to be the way we're going to do things around here. Well, I, to me, I was just experimenting with karma, so I knew I understood it better. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, uh, 2020 really changed the dynamic of a lot of businesses, um, like uh, conventions and big uh, convention halls. That pretty much got shut down for a year or more. Uh, a lot of companies have to really literally redefine the model of what they do. How does... Um, the principles of turnaround artists help what might have been a functional, profitable uh, 
solid culture in the work environment where they turn around and get turned on their head when their whole flipping industry gets reprogrammed by the last couple of years. How does the turnaround principles come into play to really kind of start from scratch, I guess? The the the, the principles are sort of based on engagement. You know, what you described with that um, team member who was thinking about work and work problems at home, that person was bought in. I would, I would even venture to say that person felt an ownership of the team and the, and the project and what you were working on to the, to the point where um, at home and they're, you know, off time, they're still thinking about it. They're still processing what we're going to do. And that ownership is the highest expression of engagement. You know, we hear a lot about employee engagement and how engaged people are. And that's all nice, but the the real sort of um, tip of the mountain is ownership, when someone really feels a sense of uh, that. And to with the sort of the principles of turnaround artists create that level of engagement or better yet, that level of ownership so that people care, uh, people are thinking about these things, and people are have the communication tools to be able to um, change and adapt and discuss and collaborate. Because to your point, things are changing so fast. I, I spoke at a conference a couple of weeks ago, and um, this is um, it was for a, a big buying restaurant buying group. Um, uh, many uh, buyers of uh, manufacturers of restaurant equipment and, and the conference people had to sort of constantly change and pivot because they didn't know if the thing was going to get canceled or what was going to happen and and you could only do that if you can communicate well together because there's a lot of different people and stakeholders involved and um, can you can you win the, the trust and the goodwill and the cooperation of your team members and your clients. And these are all the principles of being a turnaround artist is, you know, at a, at a moment's notice when everything changes, it's a lot of what we've been seeing the last couple of years. Um, can you bring people along? Can you um, win the goodwill of people to follow you and to, um, to make the, the little changes that, that is so necessary to stay alive in these days. And so much of what, you know, my, my turnaround artist book and the program that I guess we'll talk about later is about is, is yes, learning those tools, but more importantly, applying those tools in a tiny way every day so that they become your new instincts and your new habits that you just naturally, it becomes the, what your way of being. And that's really what my goal is, is I want people just to be. I want them to, to, like, to show up as a person. Wherever they go, they're causing a turnaround. Whether you're at the deli, you walk into the deli, and it's, you know, it, it feels like a little bit um, the mood is low. But just by virtue of how you're being and how you're engaging with the person at the, on the other end of the counter, you walk out of there and you've turned around the environment. Not because you try to, but you'd be, you're just being that person. Nice. I like that. 
Well, um, we're easily halfway through the show. Let's talk about your program. Uh, give us uh, an overview and, and so we can better understand it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So uh, about five, six years ago, uh, I joined a, um, a very prestigious organization. It's called YPO, the Young President's Organization. And um, you know, you've got to be a CEO that's under 45 years old or a president, and you have to, do, have to have at least 15-odd million in revenue and 100-odd employees. And, um, and there's 30,000 members in this organization, so it's pretty tough organization to get into and um and what's really remarkable about this organization is when you get in they put you in what's called a forum and a forum is a group of seven eight members all who um were uh, able to sort of accept it into this or into this membership association and you meet with your forum once a month for three four hours and Simply put, these are vulnerability consultations. It's almost like an AA meeting, actually, you know, <laughs> where everything is confidential. No, really, it's, it's actually uh, very much like that. You're sharing the best and the worst things that are going on in your business, personal, and family life. Like, I was blown away. One, because I couldn't spell the word vulnerability before this. You know, I'm a type A guy and, you know, drive hard and, and I used to think vulnerability. So does that mean I should complain? I don't get it. You know, I just, I just didn't really understand. You know, like how do you, how do you do this thing, right? And and so here I am. I joined this like you know elite organization with all these like I mean unbelievable CEOs, um, running very well known companies, and they get together once a month and they practice being vulnerable and they practice sharing and connecting. And I was like, what? universe is this like this is unbelievable and there's 30,000 members in this organization doing this from all around the world like just to give you an idea if you put the 30,000 members of this organization on an island that island would be the third biggest economy in the world wow and all these members are practicing vulnerability and self-awareness and self-reflection and so after that first experience I just, I remember uh, it was downtown Denver and I remember just walking home. I like floated home. I talked about this in the intro of my book because I just thought, wow, I realized by sharing and opening up, I realized how that I wasn't alone, that boy, the voice in my head was such a harsh critic that um, these people that I revere and I, 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 I respect so much are dealing with the same things as I am and I would have never known had I not joined this forum and and leaned in and shared took that and I thought to myself okay well we've got the CEOs and YPO doing this we've got the addicts in the 12-step program benefiting <laughs> from this process like how about everybody else you know and so I took that and I thought what would happen if people and companies met once a week or once every other week for an hour and they shared, they became more authentic and they shared about what's going on in their lives and they, they shared their experiences and their, the, the best things and the worst things. And they also um, discussed 
the different leadership skills and different topics and the themes that were um, that they wanted to see more out of, more of you know topics like gratitude topics like giving positive praise topics like being a coach leading with questions instead of always giving direction um, uh, asking people how you're perceived mm, that's vulnerable you know and so the program the way it works is people um, in in a company in a team they would uh, they would sort of sign up for this they would they would get um, they would read a chapter of my book that's delivered to them through this online learning portal. And the book is a story about a restaurant going through the exact same process. So they're almost like mirroring what's happening in the book. And so they're, they're reading about, they read one chapter of this book and then they get together for their forum meeting. And in that forum meeting, there's two, there's three main parts. First part is at the beginning, everybody commits to keeping everything confidential to not giving any advice and only sharing experiences. And third, by sharing the very best things that were going on for them and the very worst, most challenging. That's the first part. Second part, everybody does an update, one minute update. Hey, here's what's going on in my life. Top five, bottom five. So we get some context. So if someone's best, uh, someone in their friend circle just committed suicide, for example, and this is a true example that I heard recently, that, uh, wow, if you know that someone you're working with is going through that, it's very helpful to know that because now you're going to give that person a little more space and empathy and understanding because if they're a little bit distracted, now you know why, you know. Right. So everybody does this update. And after everybody, each person does an update, everybody goes around and shares a couple of words of what they noticed. You know, wow, I noticed uh, it's kind of a reflection of what they notice and what they're saying. So that's the first two parts of the meeting. And the third part of the meeting is each meeting, there is a topic. And so, like I said, maybe one topic is going to be um, culture. And, and so the question prompt, there are these the various question prompts, and one of them might be, what kind of culture do we want to have here? So we go around the room and we share, each person, a team, shares what a great culture looks like to them. And you're not allowed to, you only have to listen to what each person says. You can't give advice. You can only share your own experience. But what this process does is it creates this conversational turn-taking where everybody gets a chance to speak. It creates psychological safety where everybody feels like they can speak and be heard. And what's fascinating is Google did a study called the Aristotle study on how do you create the perfect team? And they thought, okay, is it introverts and extroverts or people who like each other? No. They realized there was only two factors that caused a team to work extremely well together. And that is if there was psychological safety um, created by this ostentatious, very active listening and this conversational turn-taking. So kind of that's a, a mouthful thrown a lot out there so basically what forums at work this platform is is companies practice meeting once a week having these discussions um, and at the end of the meeting they walk away with one action step at the end of each meeting there's one action step and each it's going to be different at the end of each meeting and so maybe at the end of one meeting the action step is 
we're going to, maybe the topic of that meeting was giving positive praise. So we discussed it in our forum meeting. And now for the following week, every day, we're each going to give one person in our personal, business, family lives positive praise. Once a day. And we're going to share about it on a group chat that we have, like on a Slack or a WhatsApp chat. And what that does is we've read a little bit of content about it. That's good. We've discussed it together and shared experiences. That's better. But now we're applying it in a tiny way every day. And that's what moves the needle because that's what's causing the ripple effect in this culture change in the organization. Wow. So I would imagine um, if you go, so a company reaches out to you because the cart's about to tip over and they've been rubbing sticks together trying to get something going and, and nothing's working, that there's, there's an element of tension in the dynamic and, and to sit everybody down and say, okay, tell me what, how you feel and what you think. How does, how, uh, how do you even push through that, that first uh, cusp of vulnerability to, I mean, maybe your boss is there or maybe, you know, you know what I mean? The, uh, how do you break the ice? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I find there's really when I look at the, the our clients, there's probably two different categories. Category one is companies who they believe in culture, they're working on culture, they've got a good culture, they just want to do better. It's like the guy or the girl who goes to the gym. They go to the gym five six days a week, and they're like, you know what? I'm doing the best I can, but I need more. So then they get to hire a personal trainer. So there's that category. And then you have the second category of what you've described is this is more like a, like a, um, there's a lot of friction, tension, um, you know, there's, 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 there's crisis. So with those, I find um, it helps to have someone uh, like a moderator join the first few meetings. Um, In the first category, often, they're pretty good to do it on their own because they're just going from a good culture or a great culture to a better one. Second right. one helps to have a moderator to kind of set the tone. Um, people trust is something we have to build together. And we say that at the beginning, especially on the first meeting. So uh, the goal isn't to bear your soul on the first conversation. No, you're going to share a little bit and it's up to everybody to help create a safe environment for you to share a little more each time. And what I find happens is every, no, most people want a great, engaging, open-hearted culture. That's what I find. Uh, thousands of people I've seen around the world. That's what people, but what happens is there's always, um, we call them a, there's a character in the book called Darius. And Darius is a cynic and he's kind of like, you know, why are we wasting our time with this kumbaya stuff? Like Darius is just not into it, right? Darius is, hey, Darius, just, let's just do our job and everything will be fine. And, and there's often a Darius in, in, in these environments, especially in toxic environments. And I'll tell you something like that could really surprise you, actually going back to your, one of your earlier questions. The surprise here is one of two things happens with the Darius. 
either the Darius decides, oh, this is great, and they're going to lean in, and then that Darius becomes a rock star, and that Darius is is participating more in and applying the tools more than anybody else, and is leading, and that's that happens. Uh, I'd say two thirds of the time. The second situation is actually very interesting is the Darius will often leave in the other circumstance. They'll just, because everybody else is leaning in. Everybody else is like, great. We all want a great culture. Now here's a path to getting there and we're going to take it. Here's our chance. We all want this. And because of the way the process is developed, you get to hear that everybody wants the same thing. We're like, well, great, let's go for it. And then that Darius, if that Darius decides not to do it, more often than not, they will leave. They don't even have to be fired. They will just choose to leave. And that's what's very fascinating. So uh, I guess in summary to your question, it's an incremental step-by-step. You know, if it's very tense, kind of a third party, the way the program is designed is that you can – largely do it yourself and it's meant to people learn how to moderate the meetings themselves because we want people to learn to fish you know but right. uh, if it's very tense at the beginning it's good to have someone to help with a little bit of an intervention and and we you know we help a lot with that well then the question for me comes up you're applying this um, dynamic in the business environment. What other cultures in in the collective consciousness would this um, apply to? Like for for example, uh, communities or maybe the family dynamic. Or I mean, because when I look at uh, I've worked in TV a long time and oh my god some of the the polarization that um the media will project the the conservatives and the liberals and the this and the, the that and the blah 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 um and 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 to me that uh is kind of reflective of that dysfunctional company where the CEOs yelling a you're talking about an 80,000 square foot and the boss is screaming his head off and everybody's trying to keep their head down. That's kind of the same polarization. What other dynamics, um, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, you're, you're working with oh, no. business, but, yep. but where, where else in the collective consciousness would you see this metric uh, having uh, uh, a positive effect? It's uh, it's completely holistic. It's uh, if it's a human being, it'll have a positive effect. And I'm gonna come clean here on your show and reveal myself a little bit because I have a bit of a I have a covert plan uh, that I'm going to out myself. So my um, diabolical plan is to <laughs> reach. I wanna I wanna reach people in their workplace. I want the companies to purchase these programs so that they can invest in their people and they can have good business results. That's all great and as it should be. But really my diabolical plan is for them to take it home 
and it impacts their family lives and impacts wow. the way that they relate with their spouses and their children. And, and we see it a lot. We see it a lot. We've got this, um, this fabulous uh, organization that we're working with called EW. They're based in El Central California and uh, just a splendid um, group of gentlemen uh, leading the steel fabrication facility. Um, there, these gentlemen are the turnaround artists. Like, yes, I'm, uh, I may have written a book and I may have developed a program, but they're the ones doing the real work every day and applying it. They're applying it in a way I haven't quite seen with this type of fervor. And, um, and I'm on the group chat as they're every day they're contributing, you know, every day there's an action step and they're, they're sharing everything. But what, what I'm seeing a lot, for example, is they're talking about the impact with their children, the impact of their wives, the impact of their families, how they're listening different when with their grandchildren. And that is what we want because now these fine gentlemen at EW, they're going and becoming turnaround artists in their family lives, in their communities. And they've become these sort of emissaries that are leading change everywhere they go, you know, well beyond the shop floor. Well, you know, I'm no sproctologist, but you seem to be an alchemist. And and what you're playing with here, human consciousness, as we've spoken about so many times on this show, is an extremely powerful Human consciousness is beyond nuclear power or dynamite or whatever. You're you're taking a al- alchemical um, stance with a very powerful substance, uh, the the potential of our human persona, and with your diabolical plan. <laughs> I, <laughs> Uh, you already have, but you're going to, uh, my sense is you're going to uh, exponentially uh, kick ass in in this realm because um, I think you, you eternally look for the dynamic response and you're fascinated by it and you're you're brave enough and strong enough to say, well, well, then if if this dynamic work, what if that idea of what if we apply it to families? What if we, et cetera, ripple it, cast the wave, so to speak, into the collective consciousness of humanity? Because it's quite clear humanity, the heart of humanity is really hungry for a more authentic story, a more authentic narrative, a more authentic idea of what our future can be. The heart of humanity is very hungry for that. And it seems like your your potion, your perspective, your vehicle, if you will, of change is doesn't really have any boundaries to it. So I'm just saying from my perspective, Ahad, you're uh, you're well on your way to making quite a big impact with your life on this planet, and I thank you for that. 
I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. It's. Um, I can share with you. You know, my uh, uh, from a professional career standpoint, I've got one metric in mind, one sort of dashboard number um, that you know when I'm. 98 years old on a rocking chair somewhere. I'm going to think about this number, and, and the number is is how many um, employee owners have I helped create? You know, I'm very interested in helping create employee-owned companies, and in order to create a successful employee-owned companies, you need a, an extremely high awareness, conscious level uh, in the way people collaborate and work and share and and do things together. And I believe that is going to be the, I believe that is the the answer to a lot of the challenges that we're facing, uh, wealth inequality, um, uh, environmental consciousness. I mean, all these different things. And it starts with ownership, people taking ownership uh, and, and being owners of their jobs and the work that they're doing. And so, I thought a lot about how do we create the maximum number, and that means we just need more turnaround artists. Um, and so my intention is to lay the groundwork and sort of create the tools to um, produce more people, like some of the people that I've mentioned, um, who can go off and create turnarounds, and better yet, produce more turnaround artists. Because I, because there will be a tipping point. You know, this, we, our programs are in Nigeria. We're actually very popular in Nigeria. I, don't ask me why, but we just are in different places. And it's very in Japan, and and it's very fascinating and very touching for me to hear people with a different accent, with a different way of speaking in their own languages, talk about the turnarounds that they're leading and and again how it's impacting their family lives. And I gotta tell you there's a there's a gentleman, uh I think it's uh I think it's Moses, uh guy from uh, Nigeria. He's an in house counsel at a Nigerian company called Netcom and he said, you know, when I used to go home, it's so beautiful how he described it. He says, when I used to go home, the living room used to be empty. No one was around. But now when I go home, there's people, my kids, my wife, they're in the living room. And he says, because before I was a grouch, before nobody wanted to be around me. But now I've turned myself around. I've turned my family life environment around. Now when I go home, People want to hang around. They want to play golf. They want to play cards. They want to, you know. And while I appreciate, you know, that yes, I I wrote a book and I combined a lot of different elements of knowledge together. But really, you know, Moses, he's the hero because he's the one that walked the path and applied the tools and changed things. So I think that's just where all the credit has to go is these people who are causing, um, you know, a guy in El Centro, Carlos, I mean, all these different guys who are um, really creating uh, changes everywhere they go. I mean, I could give you so many names, you know. I'm really touched by them. I'm very in, in, in admiration of them and, and, and just grateful that they're, they were willing to 
give me and give us a chance and try this stuff and now uh, helping spread it. Well, very nice. Um, so a, a slight twist in what we've been talking about, because we've been talking about groups and cultures and whatnot. What, what about the listener to the show right here, right now? Can you think of some uh, takeaways, some some perspectives that could help them just in their own personal life? Um, as far as um, because you have watched the human dynamic change over and over and over again, what are a few things we can do on an individual level to change the dynamic of our own lives? If I were to whittle it down to one simple, very powerful thing, um, and it'll be a work in progress for everyone, including myself, by the way, and that's to create safer environments for open communication with the people around them. That's a, that, I'd say it's probably the biggest thing. That, because in order to do that, it's holistic. It's the way you, your facial expressions, the way you speak, the way the, um, you listen, the, the, the way you respond, react, questions you ask, the people around you, at work, and your spouse, the people in your community. But if you can create safe environments for people to communicate, um, it, 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 it's so powerful on so many levels because it creates acceptance, it, it creates more honest dialogue, it creates belonging, it creates ideas, creativity, innovation, it creates connection, it creates empathy. Um, so that's what I would say is the um, pursuit is to constantly aim to create safer environments for the people around you. And and there's no death, there is no finish line, by the way. It's not like, it, it, I think it's just a work in progress and we just get better and better at it. So. Well, very nice. Now, now it's time to turn the spotlight on you, your book, your web page. How does the audience uh, get your book and connect with your services? Uh, so getting the book is pretty easy and straightforward. You can find it on Amazon. It's called uh, Turnaround Artists. Um, artists is plural because we want to create more and more turnaround artists. Uh, so that's how you can read the book. Uh, it's a pretty quick read. Most people read it in one or two sittings. Uh, the editor is um, Don McNabb Stark. He's a screenplay writer from the UK. He writes crime stories. Uh, so he's helped create uh, a, a page-turning book. Uh, so that's how you get the book. And then uh, the the program um, and to actually apply the book and to live the book, and that's really where it comes to life, is at forums at work, F-O-R-U-M-S-A-T-W-O-R-K.com, forums at work.com. And um, you can learn a lot about it. And in fact, what we do is we, teams that want to try it, we, we, we offer them uh, a free moderator session where a moderator will join your team and they'll run a session for an hour or two um, and it, 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 it's we do that because 
this is an experience. We want, uh, let me tell you something. Most people at the end of the session, they're very surprised because nobody thinks anybody else is going to open up and share. And like you said earlier, Les, people are so, this is water in the desert for people. So given the space, given the opportunity, given the setup for people to share, people really lean in. And so that's why we offer these uh, kind of a free session because we, 100% of the time when people do it, they end up doing the whole program and they spread it throughout their whole organization. But um, we want to just make that available for people because we've spoken a lot about it and and that's fine and that's kind of what we do on a radio show. We talk, but what we kind of prefer is to experience it because it's when you do, when you experience that, openness and safety and authenticity, especially with the people you work with on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's tough to put that genie back in the bottle. You, you just want more of it. Well, very nice. Well, an hour can really slip by pretty fast when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this great conversation, Les. I can't, I, yeah, I just looking at the time. I can't believe it's kind of gone by so quickly. It's, um, yeah, I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And I actually really appreciate what you've been um, creating here over the last 12 years and uh, the programming you're putting out there and just what you stand for. Um, thank you. It's, uh, it's so important. Well, I want to thank you, uh, not only for being our guest tonight, but I there's quite clear compassion in your heart and there's quite clear passion in your cadence, in your stride. And those are kind of a one-two punch for, um, for like you say, a water in the desert for what humanity is hungry for. So I want to thank you for everything you've done and for being our guest tonight. My pleasure. I, uh, uh, I'm, 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 you know what, it's, it's, it's so gratifying to be part of, like you described the awakening of people's consciousness and people becoming more aware of themselves and people becoming more aware of just the incredible positivity they can create for others. So just to be able to co-conspire and partner with people on that is, uh, I feel really lucky um, so it's uh uh it's it's I'm lucky to have found a a path that uh that that gives back so much to me for everything I contribute to it. Well very nice. We've been talking with Ahad Gadimi and the topic tonight has been the name of his book, uh Turnaround Artist. The topic tonight has been becoming a turnaround artist. You know, it's uh boy, howdy, you you start um um the the potent the, the human potential that we have that that is really untapped. Um humanity is is um far from really reaching what its true potential is. And I don't mean like GDP or, or 
profits for a company or whatever. Sure, that's that's an element of humanity, but just um, just in the experience of being human, the experience of humanity, the experience of really the the evolving of ourselves, both individually and collectively. There's just there's just something that happens when you learn to get out of your own way. Uh, uh, I remember the first time my heart told me to write a book. I I arm wrestled. <laughs> I resisted heavily for many years to write a book, and now writing brings me such joy. Um, well, time's about up. I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up for yourself. Here you are at the end of the episode, and, and you showed up for yourself. I celebrate that. Um, New Human Living's uh, developing some online classes. Uh, I've, I've really studied the, the human metric for a while, and I'm really excited to bring some, some high horsepower classes as far as uh, karmic stigmas and how we get in our own way and awakening our true divine potential. And um, it, it really is an exciting time to be alive. As always, such a pleasure spending this time with you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect, and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.